up, everybody, and welcome to the Lacrosse Culture Podcast, episode number two. We got a great show for you today. I'm your host, Cody Golan, and with me always, co-host Matt Unger. Hey, what's up, everybody? So we got another top ten list for you going on today. What do we got going on? Today we're going to do the top ten pregame rituals for lacrosse players. So I think we got some, some pretty good ones here, and then if we, if we come up with some more on our own, we'll spit those out as well. Uh, but just starting off here, I know last week I was talking, I mentioned a little bit that I'd get some more information for you guys about the the U.S. lacrosse pyramid that came out for the youth game level, so I was just going to go over that real quick. It was, it was in the newest edition of Lacrosse Magazine, and so basically what it's showing is typically what our square or our normal pyramid is now is at the bottom, everyone can play, and then it shortens to some get to play, then it shortens to a few get to play, and then it shortens to the best get to play, so that's going from youth to high school. Now, they want to sort of square off make it into a square instead of a pyramid so that pretty much ages zero to six is sort of like a discovery phase just kind of learning the game maybe different roles different field dimensions so on and so forth six through nine is the fundamental stage so this is where you really start harping on overhand passing ground balls the roles eight through twelve is the foundation stage you're just continuing to build and build eleven through fourteen is when the emerging competition starts to begin and then 15 through 18 is when it starts to get competitive, and then you're, you excel to compete. And then, uh, obviously, once you get above 18 years old, you're at the, the highest peak of lacrosse, all right, the high-performance portion of the square. And, and then after that, they have lifetime engagement. So, so they want people starting when they're young. They don't want them fading away in this new square. And I think that's sort of what we're trying to move to in the game of lacrosse and, and I think in the next few years they're going to be building up different portions of this youth youth game to to help help enable kids and also help join for for life yeah I think that's really definitely going to grow the game a lot quicker uh, it's going to push kids to stay in it longer as well my current event here obviously with this being the week of the Super Bowl was the Super Bowl itself uh, I like to read up on what the players do getting ready for that big game getting psyched up uh, so there's a couple pregame rituals of the Super Bowl players themselves. Uh, Peyton Manning, the quarterback of the Denver, Denver Broncos, he likes to sleep in that day of the game. Uh, I think of Peyton as this guy that prepares relent relentlessly, and I can't really imagine him sleeping in, but uh, apparently that's what he likes to do. Luke Keekley, linebacker for the Carolina Panthers, he eats at the same restaurant every day, every time before the game for lunch. Has the same meal, sits at the same table, it says. I, th I think that's pretty cool. And uh, even Emmanuel Sanders, wide receiver, Denver Broncos, uh, he likes to play video games. I think that's a, what a lot of guys like to do. It helps calm their nerves a little bit, you know, gets them in the zone. He says he likes to play Madden, you know, really focuses on his sport. And I think that's a pretty cool pregame ritual. Yeah, so decent segue here, you know, talking about rituals and, and football. And that was obviously the, the peak game in football, but... Let's get into some, some pregame rituals in lacrosse. I know there's some funny ones, there's some ones everyone does, and there's some ones that kind of differ from person to person. So we're going to try to touch on all of those and some different things we do, some different things we've seen. So uh, you want to start off with what you had first? Well, I think the first one, I think everyone's going to do this. They listen to some kind of music before the game, you know, especially in the locker room. I know for me, I like to listen to music that uh, really got me angry. Uh, I was, I'm always a very calm person. I'm usually not an angry person. So to get ready for a game, to get ready to go against opposing players, opposing teams, I needed to get fired up. I needed to get angry. And uh, 
some hardcore music really did that for me. I would jam out my headphones at the time, and I'd just get myself real fired up. Yeah, I think, you know, the difference between maybe a, a defenseman and an offensive player is, you know, I always felt like playing offense, that if I, I got myself too psyched up listening to angry music or, you know, rock or rap or something along those lines, you know, it would sort of affect my my ability to, to catch and throw, and, and I might get so nervous or so overhyped that it could affect my abilities. So I always like to listen to music that calmed me down, or, you know, if they're playing loud music in the in the locker room in college, you know, me and, me and my fellow offensive players were just kind of hanging out and going on social media, things like that, just trying to calm ourselves down, talking amongst each other, uh, and just going over what we were, we were going to do that day. But, but more than anything, I always tried to listen to music that, that made me stay calm. Yeah, like I said, it's probably an offense-defensive perspective there. You know, I plan being defensive, my job was to go out there and stop the opposing players. So I needed to get myself amped up mentally and physically, and that's what the music helped me do. Yeah, so the next one I got, and this is probably more at the varsity and or, you know, obviously at the college and then the pro level. And I think this would probably be number two, but it's looking over your scouting report. I had that as well. So just knowing what, uh, and again, this is probably, you know, huge for defense, knowing, you know, what hand every player is on offense, what their tendencies are. For me as an offensive player, you know, I just, I browsed through what the defenseman did, especially the guy that I figured was going to be covering me, but mainly I was just looking at at the goalie, you know, what his tendencies were, what hand he was, you know, if, if he was good five hole, where he was good at, where he was bad at, so I knew where to shoot. But other than that, I was just kind of browsing through everyone. So I could help out other players on my team. Even as a coach, I still do that. Um, you know, we give out scattering reports for players in the days leading up to the game. We watch film, stuff like that. But that day of, I always go over, especially with my defensive players and the goalies that I uh, coach over, I always go over the fine, finer details. You know, the stuff that we might not have covered in an overall scouting report or we might not have done in a group activity. More of an individual level, one-on-one kind of scouting. Yeah, I think, you know... Whenever you have one game a week, those scouting reports are something you can really hit on a lot. But whenever you're playing two, three games a week, that scouting report, you might only have it for, for one day or for one night. And so eventually at some point in time, it just becomes who's playing the better lacrosse and who focuses the most on what they want to do as a team. But I would say it's definitely always good to know you know what hands your, your opposing teams are, are good at, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, so that you can capitalize on it. Yeah, I definitely agree, and uh, just going to my next next point here, yep. uh, one thing I always did, I arrived super early to the games. Uh, in high school, our games were mostly around the 6.30 to 7 o'clock range. I would arrive anywhere probably around 4.30 for a game, and I would just sit in the locker room, really reflect to myself for, for a while, uh, you know, like I said, listen to music, really get inside my own head, uh, listen, see those posing notes, everything like that, but... Getting to the locker room early was a big thing for me. It helped get me in the mindset of going out there to play. And it got me, frankly for me, it got me away from home at the TV or, you know, out eating with friends or something. That just got me focused, really. Yeah, so I don't know if we want to, I have a similar one, but um, I had stretching and then get a lot of people getting into the training room. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess you, you, have to, you have to get there early to do that. So... I think I'd probably put that, what do you think that would go in, maybe three or four on our list? Right now I have I one is music. It's definitely probably middle of the pack for me. Okay. Yeah, right now I have one's music, two scouting reports, so we'll put, you know, around four or five, we'll put get there early and stretching. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good to me. All right. All right, I'll hop in here next with, with one I had that I know I always did, 
and that was I retaped my stick every every either night before the game or uh, the day of. You know, in the locker room, I'd get in there and you know retape it. Everyone has a different different way they tape their stick up, and you know I always felt like it was nice just to have your sticks looking fresh and and be able to have a nice grip on it during the game. So. That was something I was always doing. I don't know if that was something you did or... As a defenseman, I, did, I wasn't one of those people that liked to use tape on my stick. Uh, early in my youth career, I used tape just to know where to put my hands, really. But as I got older into the varsity level of high school, I took the tape off. Uh, it was just more... I knew where my hands needed to be at that point. But yeah. I, know, I definitely know kids that I coach now, they, they tape their sticks religiously before every game. They un untape it after every game and redo it, so... Yeah, I know a lot of teammates I played with, they, they were always in there retaping or, you know, they're always asking everyone for tape or who has Always tape. asking for tape. And then, you know, a lot of guys, they like to write, you know, initials of people or family or, or little sayings on their sticks. And I know some guys would actually, you know, if they, they couldn't remember plays, I would see them trying to scribble plays on there as small as they could up by their hands so they could glance <laughs> down at their stick to check it out. So I think people are always, uh, I always see people in there retaping re their sticks. So I'm going to put that down in, in the three spot right now. Yeah, I think for right now, we'll see if it changes throughout the, right. the list here. Yeah. Uh, another thing for me, and this is less uh, during in the locker room, but more as you're going out there to warm up. Uh, and I know in high school we had a routine. It's our entrance music. Mm. Uh, at high school, we we listened to bagpipes. We were we were the Highlanders as the Scottish theme. So uh, we listened to bagpipes coming out. That's our entrance music. Uh, it's a big thing for me. I still do it uh, now. It probably has to do with me liking WWE wrestling. You know, <laughs> that whole aspect of my life. The entrance music, I think, is a very cool thing. It, it helped take me out of that mindset of being an individual in the locker room and joining us all together as a team. Yeah, so since we have music here at one, just listening individually, I'm thinking maybe put that towards the bottom of the list, 9 or 10, just yeah. since we already have music. So, yeah. so we'll put that in here around around 9 or 10 for now, that you know your, your entrance, walk out, warm up music. So I'll put that in there for now. So another one I had was, and I know, you know, I think this is, pr I, I would put this at four. A lot of people did kind of going along with retaping the stick was, was they'd start playing some wall ball, whether that be in the locker room or a wall outside of the locker room, you know, even if they got with a partner. But, but mainly a lot of guys were just hit, throwing it off the wall, just trying to dial in their sticks a little bit more, making sure that, you know, everything's up to par or if they have to make a, a late second change to it, they can do that. Or, you know, if you're on the bus for a long time, a lot of times sticks get thrown under the bus. I was always trying to take my stick, you know, on the bus if I could. But if not, they go underneath or they're thrown in your bag and, you know, your mesh is getting pushed around. So a lot of guys like to get there, get the sticks out, get the ball in there, you know, testing out their, their gamer and testing out their backup sticks. So... I don't know if you have anything to add on that, but I'm thinking I'll probably put that around number four. Would be yeah, but I, mean, I had something similar. I had individual work. For me, as a, I started out as an LSM, I, I do a lot of individual ground balls. I go out there and I just roll myself a ground ball, run after, pick it up, scoop, return, do the same thing over and over again. And offensive players obviously did the, the wall ball routine a lot. So I, I would say overall individual lacrosse work would be a good pregame uh, thing. Yeah, I know a lot of guys too. They were always doing like, stick tricks and things like that yeah you know trying to throw it off their their side wall and they were you know that was big with a lot of the canadians i played with they were always grabbing a ball and you know maybe even circling up three or four of them throwing the ball around trying to outdo each other circle or something kind of something like that just you know getting your hand eye coordination down getting used to the stick for the game so I don't know if we can throw that in somewhere or if that's sort of along the same lines but i'll just write that down just um doing yeah, some i think that's both that, that individual work Pre-game work, you know? Yeah.
You got something else you want to add? Well, another thing I have, and I think we talked about this during our first episode, eye black. You know, we always took time, whether it was in the locker room, right before we went out, or whenever, to put eye black on. Uh, a lot of times I did it with a teammate, you know, because you always can't do it yourself sometimes. So it became a frequent ritual between me and my teammates to help each other put the eye black on, whether it's the sevens, the triangles, straight dashes, whatever you're into. I think eye black was definitely a big part of the pre game for me. Yeah, I think that was something we talked about in, in last week's podcast. And, yeah, you know, I think that was always something. We would go out just in shooting shirts, and we would get our, our warm-up in just helmets and gloves. And then whenever we'd come back in before, you know, I'd probably get my shorter pads on and my, my elbow pads on. And then putting on the eye black kind of symbolized that, you know, you were within that 10-minute away mark from, from going out for game time. And, that was kind of like your your final thing you did other than, you know, maybe a chant or something like that or just bringing it in as a team or getting a speech from your coach that kind of got you ready for ready to go for that game. So I would, I'm definitely going to toss Eye Black in, I think, around five. Would that be just kind of going along with where we're at? For now, yeah. Five I'd market. say five is a good spot for, for right now. Yeah. Uh, so one thing I'm going to bring up is kind of a, a weird one, and I don't think any of us did this in high school, but whenever I got to the college – level a lot of kids enjoy doing this was they would get to the locker room and they would take a shower a lot of people feel like it helped warm themselves up it helped uh kind of wake up a little bit i think that's maybe a, a big thing for hockey players but i know a lot of guys even on away trips right as soon as we get to the locker room they would just take a quick two three minute shower you know it felt like you know even if it was a cold i don't know if they were taking cold or warm i, had, I wasn't someone that did it but i guess they felt like it was something that warmed them up uh something to put on the list we don't have to rank it yet but I'll put it down here at the end of the list just for now, and maybe we'll end up bumping it off when we, when we talk about some more things. Yeah, I mean, I, I never came across that as a player. Uh, I know none of my players do it now when I'm coaching, but it, I can definitely see that being part of the <laughs> hockey culture. Yeah, uh, It seems like something they would do. <laughs> uh, my next thing on the list is uh, something you do the day of the game, and that's uh, you dress like a team. It's a big thing in high school sports, uh, whether it's shirt and tie or you know, a team T-shirt, team jacket, team sweatshirt, whatever it is, just doing something completely as a team, looking the same, uh, it really brings that team camaraderie together on the day of a game. I think it's something I've always done. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of times you see, you know, people are have the same jacket or, or maybe if they're going to like a scrimmage or something like that, they have on, you know, the same sweat, same hoodie. Right. I know whenever we went on away trips, you know, if it wasn't a ridiculous drive, we were always wearing a button-up shirt and, and you know, khakis or, right. you know, nice dress pants with dress shoes, a belt, you know, it was always a big thing, you know, and there, there was always kids wearing, you know, tennis shoes with dress pants getting yelled at by the coaches, but I guess that's, <laughs> that just goes along with it, uh, so yeah, I think that definitely goes, goes well, and even, you know, looking similar on the field too, you know, if you're, if you're looking, if you look the same off the field, you're, you're going to play well on the field, you know what I mean, so, right. kind of what you were going with there. This really brings the team together. Yeah. I think one thing, too, I know a lot of teams do this, and then obviously this is dependent on where you play and, you know, obviously your background as well, but every team I played for did this, and a lot of teams I've seen do it, whether it's in the locker room or right on the field right before the game, is they say a team prayer. Uh, usually they have one person lead it, or if the coach doesn't, you know, every single year I was there, we had a different senior leading it, someone that, you know, I went to a to a smaller Catholic school so 
they uh, always had someone leading us in, in a prayer, and you know they, they touched on a little bit of the game, and just you know more than anything, asked just to you know give us the strength to go out there and the courage to go out there, and, and they kind of made it somewhat more generic, just in case someone that was on the team didn't follow along that same faith. But I know a lot of people, a lot of teams do the prayer. Yeah, I definitely had that on my list as well. And I, every time I think of a pregame prayer, it brings me back to the movie Friday Night Lights and the locker room before the uh, the championship game. Preacher grabs, you know, everyone grabs a hand and Preacher leads them through a prayer. Mm-hmm. I, that's just iconic to me. Yeah. It really symbolizes high school sports in general or even college sports to me. The pregame prayer is a major thing for pregame <laughs> rituals for me. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, I don't really have too much else to, to touch on on that one other than, you know, I know a lot of a lot of schools do it. Obviously, not every kid that goes there is, you know, the same faith, but I think more than anything what that prayer is symbolizing is just the team coming together Everyone, you know, taking a second to just relax, taking a second to just get the game out of your mind and think about each other, think about the team, think about everyone that's there, the families, you know, alumni that came before you. Those were all things we touched on, you know, mostly in our prayers. And, and then just get having the strength and the courage and, and the fearlessness to go out there and perform the way that you can. Absolutely. I definitely think you mentioned the strength to go out there and perform. I mean, lacrosse is a grueling game. It's tough, you know. Mm-hmm. It, both mentally and physically, so I think the strength just with that prayer, I think it does, definitely helped me as a player. Right. Do you have any? You have another one you want to talk? I about? mean, I think we've been through ten already, but I just I just have one more to go through. Yeah, we can and, always bump something off too if we need to. I think I have like eleven or twelve written down here. So okay, but just I just have one more real quick. The pregame food or drink. Okay. For me, I always like to drink. Uh, I drink a full Gatorade bottle of water. One of those Gatorade squirt bottles, you know. Mm-hmm. I, it just got me hydrated before the game. I used to take my time to do it, and, you know. Obviously, it wasn't something I chugged real quick. But a couple hours before the game, I drank a nice glass of water, you know. I was never really a meal kind of person. I never had a set meal. I just kind of ate whatever you know was feeling that day. I don't know if you had anything along those lines or what. But I, do, I definitely know players that, you know, they had chicken or rice or something like that before a game every time through. Yeah, I know in high school I would always pick up a Subway the night before. I think if we had like a quick turnaround where we had to leave right after school or if I had 15 minutes I'd run down and grab some Subway. That was just my thing. It, it was, you know, more healthy out of your choices of fast food restaurants, especially Absolutely. at the time. So I was just always trying to get something good in me, something that could, could fuel me for later on. I always liked to eat a little bit. You know, I gave myself enough time where I wouldn't be feeling it by the time I got there, or maybe I'd only eat like half a sub or something like that. Similar idea whenever I got to college, you know, I try to go to Subway for a home game and, and get something in me, you know, two, three hours before the game. But, you know, obviously when you go on away trips in college and you're, you know, North Carolina, Virginia, yeah, Maryland, New York, you know, your options, not only are they limited, but it's kind of whatever the full team's doing. Uh, our coaches did a pretty good job of always getting us some sort of a breakfast or, you know, a Panera or something along those lines. Right. Just, we would eat that a few hours before the game, and then, you know, if we could, we'd try to get maybe a half a sub or something like that in us, you know, before game time just to give us some energy. And then, obviously, we always had a, had a pretty big feast afterwards. So, uh, I definitely think that's, you know, we can put that on, I think, you know, just because how we were talking, you had never really heard of the whole shower thing. Maybe it's not that big. So we'll bump shower off the list, and we'll put pregame food around 9, if that makes yeah. sense. So we'll do that. We'll put shower in all the uh, honorable mentions, I guess. Honorable mentions, yeah. <laughs> Another one I had, I know we're, you know, I don't know if this is on the list. We can talk about it. But especially nowadays, and once I got into college, and we were kind of talking about just, like, relaxing and 
was a lot of people are always checking social media right before the game. You know, a lot of people were sending out tweets just saying, you know, pump for the game, come check us out, we're at the field here. That was kind of like a lot of people's pregame ritual, I felt, especially nowadays with, you know, growing social media. People were always sending out, like, the game time or, you know, come check us out or so blessed to be playing this game, whatever it might be or whatever, like, the current catchphrase is, you know what I mean? A lot of people were sending that out with hashtags, you know, hashtagging their school, hashtagging, you know, men's lacrosse, lax, whatever it might be. And, you know, if they weren't sending it out, then they were at least kind of browsing to see what other people were sending out or, or maybe even someone on the opposing team. They were checking the other team's Twitters and Facebooks and things like that. And then, you know, with Snapchat, people were always sending, you know, videos of each other dancing and just doing funny stuff in the locker room, just kind of lighten the mood a little bit before the game. So I feel like that, you know, if not on the list, that's at least an honorable mention because that's something a lot of people have been doing a lot recently mainly. Yeah, I think definitely recently that's become like the new bulletin board for a lot of teams. A lot of, like you mentioned, a lot of guys go check opposing players' Twitters or Instagrams or something like that. I know they do that at the high school level a lot. They see who's talking trash, you know, who's talking a big game, who's saying, you know, they're going to score 10 goals that night. It really helps fuel other players, whether it's trash talk for the good, bad, whichever way you want to go with it. I definitely think so, uh, social media is becoming a big part of pregame for a lot of players. Uh, high school, college, even youth players, I'm sure now, are getting more and more into social media. I think I think that's definitely on the list. I don't know where we have to bump it to, but yeah. Well, we have just kind of looking at the the bottom end here. I have six is get there early, get in the uh, training room and stretching. I have seven is dress like a team, look professional. Eight I have prayer. Nine I have pregame food. Ten I have entrance music. So we can maybe bump, you know, because we do have music already. We could just tie in all music into number one all if you music, want. Yeah, yeah. Do that. Part of the game. So then we can make 10, the check in social media, sending out yeah. tweets and things like that. So and I think that's, that's only 10 for now. I say a year from now, two years from now, it's become growing up our list. That might be three three or four, you know, very yeah, soon. I don't, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. The kids, right. <laughs> kids are going to be so engaged in social media that... They might not be looking at their scouting reports anymore as much. I think that's yeah, my bumps kind of already, already start seeing that. So I think we're going to have some honorable mentions again. I have another one I, I even came up with, too, just talking here. and It kind of goes along with the music and, and things we talked about before. But, you know, kids just dancing and, and getting hyped up. You know, a lot of people do different things to do that. You know, you always have, like, the one or two kids dancing or, you know, singing. We had kids that would just, like, be joking around freestyling. You know, it would be terrible, but they would be doing it anyway. You know, maybe, you know. So I had dancing and, and getting hyped and, you know, whatever way that you do that. I don't know if that's on the list. I think that kind of ties into other things, but that was just something I had I thought of. think that definitely up. ties in with the music. I was never one of those people that like to dance. I, I can't dance at all. <laughs> you see me at a wedding. But, uh. I definitely we had some kids in the locker room dancing to whatever the newest hip hop dance was that that time of year or yeah whether right, it's coaching right. I walk in I see someone like dugging or whipping <laughs> Nene it, you know right. whatever kind of ridiculous dance they have they definitely do it it definitely gets people hyped uh, whether you're the one doing it or whether you're the one watching it I think it definitely helps some kids out yeah yeah I think you know that was something that always kind of occurred and <clears throat> as you said with with ongoing dance trends and things like that even if they're just if anything, it's to keep the mood light, you know what I mean? Right. I, for the most part, no one's really in there, like, checking me out. How good of a dancer am I? It's more no. like, I'm so comfortable with this team. I'm so comfortable with these guys that, you know, I can get a little goofy. I can I can try and lighten the mood, and, and you know, that, that's how I feel. So I think that was just something I had written down, because that's something that I have seen, you know, a good amount. Is a lot of kids doing that. 
Um, I don't know if do you have anything else that you you had that might might make it on the list here. No, I think I ran through all my my points. Uh, <coughs> the only other thing from a coaching perspective is a pregame pep talk. Okay. Yeah, I mean I've definitely had my own over my four years of uh, coaching. I've done my share as a high school player, as a captain. You know. Yeah. It's I think it, it, I don't know if it's definitely part of every player's uh, pregame ritual. Some players obviously tune it out there. They feel like they don't need it. But uh, for some, it, it definitely helps. And it, as a coach, it helps, you know, try and get the energy up right before a game. I'm talking right before the opening uh, opening face-off. You know, you bring the players together in a nice huddle, whether it's by position group or by the whole team. And it's giving a nice speech, really inspire them to go out there and do their best. So from a coaching perspective, I think that's definitely one for me. Right, yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely a good one. I can read through the list and then read through our honorable mentions, and we can discuss if you want to bump something off. Yeah, or let's just like see that. where we rank them. All right, so yeah, so right now for top 10 pregame rituals, we have number one, music. So we tied in that that's both individual, heading to the game, that's, you know, your walkout music, your entrance, your warm-up, everything tied in with music. Number two, reading through the scouting report. Number three, we have retaping the stick. Number four, we have wall ball. Number five, we have putting on eye black. Number six, we have stretching, training room, getting there early. Number seven, we have dressing like a team and looking professional. Number eight, we have doing a team prayer. Number nine, we have pregame food. Number ten, we have social media. And then our honorable mentions right now are stick tricks, taking that pregame shower I was talking about, maybe dancing or finding a different way to get hyped as a team. And then the, the pregame pep talk you just talked about. I mean, is there is there one you think we should bump off for pregame pep talk or... Um, we have that honorable mention right now. I, you know, I, I think our list is pretty strong, and as as it is, it uh, covers pretty much every player, rather regardless of what their position is, where they're at with the team. You know, varsity, JV, whatever. I think all of them do most of those things. Yeah. You know, uh, as far as the pregame pep talk, like I said, it's more of a coaching point. You know, so maybe maybe that's a different list entirely as a coaching perspective. So I, I think our list, as it is right now, I think it's it's pretty strong. Yeah, I think, you know, I think this is sort of a list that we've made that it's not everyone's individual. It's more of what we see as a whole. Right. Maybe things we did, but it's it's more more along the lines of what the majority of people do, you know. we I had all kind of random. I mean, there was one kid on my team, a little funny story that for some reason, you know, obviously when you're in a locker room for, for eight plus years, you get pretty used to seeing guys walking around naked and that's something right. that goes on. But we had one kid that he would put his spikes on first. Oh, instead of shorts? No anything? shorts, no compression shorts, no t-shirt, just sitting there, only putting his spikes on. No idea why, it doesn't even make sense to me. I have no clue. You know, it probably makes it harder to put compression shorts on over your clothes. I would imagine. I would imagine. You know, that was his pregame ritual. I don't know why or, or what, but that's what he did. So, obviously, everyone has their own individual probably strange things they do, maybe not that extreme, but something different, you know, whether they wake up, they want to put this on first, or right. they wear this every game day, something along those There's lines. superstitions. Right. Just real quick on that, do you think superstitions work? you think they're a real thing? I don't believe, well, let me see how I want to answer this. I don't necessarily believe in superstition. I can't find necessarily the word, but like, your preparation for the game, not necessarily super superstition, if that makes sense. I don't right. really know how else to say it, but like, I don't believe that if you don't. It's more do of a mindset. Yeah, if you don't do something exactly the same, it's going to screw you up. But I think it could screw up your mind. Yeah. Well, you know, I read that about the NFL players' uh, pregame rituals to start the show off today, and one was Luke Kigley going to the same restaurant before every game. You know, the Panthers they lost one game in the regular season this year. 
You know what he didn't do before that game? Hmm. He didn't go to that restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it could be a superstition. I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know. I was always someone growing up. I played a lot of basketball growing up. I was big into superstitions. You know, during a warm up line, I would go. I would touch the same spot on the court. I, you know, I would tie my shoes in the same fashion. I would wear my shorts the same length. You know, I was a very big into detail oriented uh, superstitions. You know. Yeah. But as I've grown older, that was that was more of my high school uh, youth days. Uh, I've grown away from the superstitions. Like I said, it's more of a mindset now for me. Just being mentally prepared for the game is going to have me playing my best regardless of whether I'm prepared because I ate a certain thing or because I watched certain film or anything like that. Nothing in particular is really going to set me off win or lose. Yeah. So kind of, you know, we're kind of wrapping up this, this episode here, but we did this last week, but maybe try and tie in something we talked about here. Question for you. One more thing that, that you would tell a current player on – how to be properly prepared for a game? Uh, biggest thing for me now as a coach is study your notes. Study your uh, your scouting reports. Study your own scouting reports. I like to give my players reports on themselves first and foremost. Let, let, know your weaknesses. Know your strengths. All right. Know your opposing players' weaknesses and strengths. Know, know your fellow attackmen's uh, weaknesses and strengths. Anything you can know about the game of the cross is going to make that day's game so much easier for you. Whether it's, you know, I know opposing attackmen likes to go left. Or I know that my strength is help defense, not necessarily one-on-one defense. Right. Everything, Every kind of preparation like that is going to make the game so much easier for you as a player. Yeah, yeah. I think just kind of going along that, one thing I would say is make sure every rep you're doing in practice is a game-like rep. Right? A lot of times people are kind of, kind of dog a rep here, dog a rep there. You know, if they miss a pass, oh well. I really felt like my game went to a whole new level when I focused on every single catch and every single drill. And that really made the difference for me in games because, you know, when you're tired and you don't, you know what I mean, it's, it's getting towards the end of the game, whenever you were doing it, you know, in two-a-days and you were focusing on every single rep, I thought it made a huge difference. So, so treat every rep in practice like, like it's a game rep, and, and I think you'll see a huge difference and you'll be way more prepared for, for the game. That's definitely a great point. So uh, in closing here, I'll uh, read through the top 10 pregame rituals that we came up with here. And then we have, have a few that didn't make the list. But number one, music. Number two, reading through the scouting report. Number three, retaping your stick. Number four, wall ball. Number five, putting on eye black. Number six, stretching, getting to the training room, getting there early. Number seven, dress like a team, look professional. Number eight, team prayer. Number nine, pregame food or meal. And number 10, social media. And then some honorable mentions. We had stick tricks, taking a, a shower, dancing or finding a different way to get hyped as a team, and then the pregame pep talk by the coach. Yeah. Like I said, if you guys have anything different for your list, hit us up on social media. I believe we're on Twitter now. Yeah, we're on Twitter at the Lax Culture, or if you just search the Lacrosse Culture, it comes up as well. So we're on Twitter now. Feel free to, to you know, add us with, with any extra things that we might have missed. You know, uh, let us know or, or tell us your, your strange pregame ritual. And, yeah. you know, we'll try to throw these on one of the, the upcoming podcasts of some of the things you guys told us. Also, check out the blog, www.thelacrosseculture.wordpress.com. Okay, link is in the, in the Twitter bio as well. And then remember to uh, follow us and rate us on iTunes. If you search the lacrosse culture, it's one of the first ones that come up. You, you can't miss it. So 
go on there, follow us, rate us. It's only going to help bump us up. And, uh, you know, feel free to join the conversation in any way you can. And that's lacrosse culture. Thanks, guys. Like a tribe does Before this Did you really know Where live was Comprehend to the track Force why Cause getting mentions On the tip Of the vibe buzz Rock and roll To the beat Of the funk fuzz Wipe your feet Really good On the rhythm rug If you feel the urge To freak Do the jitterbug Come and spread your arms If you really need a hug Afrocentric living Is a big shrug A life filled with That's what I love A lower plateau Is what we're above If you diss us We won't even think of We'll nip of the dog And give a big shove this rhythm really fits like a snug glove Like a box of positives, it's a plus love As the trial flies high like a dove <laughs>